Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Sailing the East podcast. I'm Bela Musitz. This episode will be a bit different than the usual conversation between my co-host Mike and I. In this episode, I will interview Carter Yepsen. Carter wrote us back in episode number 22, asking for some tips and suggestions as he was getting ready to do his first bare boat sailing charter with his wife. For you see, Carter is the sailor and his wife is not. So he wanted to make sure they both had a good experience as his goal is to make bareboat chartering a regular event. Carter sent us an email post-charter saying that after a bit of a sleep-deprived first two days, the charter went well, and they are already planning their next charter. I asked Carter if he would be a guest on the podcast and share with our listeners how the bareboat charter went and things he learned. So let's dive right into the interview with Carter. Hello, listeners. Today, I'm here with Carter Yepsen. Uh, he's going to be our guest for this podcast. And uh, Carter reached out to us a number of weeks ago and wrote us an email and said that uh, he and, and his spouse would be going to the BVI uh, for their first time together to charter a boat. And that Carter has sailed a fair number of times, uh, but his spouse was uh, kind of new to the whole sport. So he was asking for some advice, and uh, Mike and I addressed that in, in this podcast uh, back in episode 22. And uh, last week, I got an email from Carter that said, hey, we finished our charter, and uh, I think the best way to summarize how that went was the last sentence in your email, which said, the good news is we're already planning our next charter. So welcome to the show, Carter. Thanks, Bela. Yeah, nice to have you here. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how you decided to do a charter together. Well, it's, it's uh, been a lifelong, well, you know, once you get the sailing bug, <laughs> you got the bug. Yeah, yeah. And it's been uh, a lifelong um, dream for me to do that with Carrie, with my wife. Um, and it sort of rose to the top of the bucket list. Very nice. Very nice. And what, what sort of made you select uh, the BVI as opposed to, you know, all the other places one can charter a boat? Well, one thing is that we were a little uh, stir crazy as everybody's been through COVID. Sure. And I said, if we're going to take a vacation, let's take a good vacation. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been lucky enough to sail in the BVIs a couple times. So as I describe it, it's Disney World for, for sailors. You know, it, it's, it, you know it's, it's really nice. Yeah. So um, 
we had to go through a, a few go address a few hurdles to get there. Yeah, there's a there's a, a BVI passport that you have to uh, fill out and uh, to get uh, admitted to the island. That includes two you know COVID tests here, COVID tests when you get off the airplane, COVID test day four. You have to buy trip insurance. You have to, uh, you know, a number of things like that. Yeah. And, and, you know, a day and a half before we're going to our charter, I still hadn't gotten it approved. So I finally am call, I'm calling people at the BVI Tourism Bureau. But then everything worked out fine. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, because of whole COVID uh, uh, pandemic that's going on, and, and hopefully at some point in time this will all end and we'll get back to normal, uh, it's gotten much more challenging to to travel to foreign countries um, and uh, to do a charter there. And I think that, uh, you know, uh, uh, my hat's off to you for saying, you know what, we're going to go through that. And I think you're right. You know, the BVI is sort of the Disneyland of the sail. It's a sailboat mecca. Uh, and uh, now when you got there, uh, how did you find the islands? Because, you know, they got pretty much wiped out or devastated by a pretty big hurricane or I think a one-two punch a number of years ago. And have things pretty much sort of recovered? Yeah, it, for, for the most part, yeah, you couldn't tell. You know, everything's lush and um, everything seems very well put together. That is until you get on your sailboat and start to leave the marina and you see that the top third of a few masts is still sticking out mm, of the water yeah. <laughs> right near where we're docked. <laughs> so it was a, a very, uh, you know... Uh, Sobering reminder yeah. of the power, you know, of, of that storm. And then you could, as we sailed through the islands, you could see a good number of, um, you know, fabulous homes that were just devastated, and they, you know, haven't gotten around to, to, to fixing them yet. And yeah. then also in a couple of the the ports there where they do work on sailboats, there were hundreds of masts uh, of boats that visible, you know, of boats on the hard, obviously. Um, you know, waiting for insurance settlements or to be rebuilt or whatever the case might be. Yeah. So, so yeah. signs of it, but not, you know, not evident everywhere. You have to look for it. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your sailing experience. Uh, where did you grow up? Uh, where'd you sail? Uh, how'd you get the bug, et cetera? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I've been sailing since I was, you know, my parents had dragged me up <laughs> and put me on the sailboat when I was nine months old, but I did uh, grow up on Long Island Sound and um, went through a, you know, that was my summer camp is, is, is sailboat racing um, every summer on Long Island Sound. And then in my teen years, my parents got a, a, a cruising sailboat. And so we'd spend our summer vacation just going back and forth, you know, to Cuddy, Hunkbach Island, Nantucket, all along the, the shore of Connecticut and, you know, Rhode Island, like you know. Yep. And uh, so... Uh, yeah, it's been second nature to me. And then I uh, you know, got, bought my dad's sailboat when he retired and moved to Florida and uh, and uh, and raced that up on Second Dogger Reservoir oh, for, for many years. Very nice. So it's sort of in your blood, right? You, you've been doing this yeah. for, uh, fundamentally, it's been part of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Crit critical part of your life. And so was this the first time that you and your spouse actually went sailing together? Well, we we you know, we have a couple little sailboats that we you know like a sunfish and a little turn a boat called a turnabout, if you know mm -hmm. maybe from Buzzards Bay. Um, uh, so small, very small craft. Okay. So okay. my wife's very comfortable on the water. We do a lot of canoeing together um, in all types of weather, 
And so she's not afraid of the water. She's a super strong swimmer um, and, you know, an adventure and she is adventuresome. So yes. she agreed, you know, wholeheartedly to, to, to do this. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's great. So what sort of, uh, what's the anxieties, uh, that, that let's say first that you had for this trip? <laughs> <laughs> well, again, yeah. Uh, knowing that I would be doing most of the sailing and, and, and the decision-making involved in sailing by myself. Yeah. So, you know, I always had to be on, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't take risks. Now, was this, was this the first time you were the captain uh, or the person in charge of the, of a charter? No, I'd done that er- earlier on actually in college with my, with my parents and some friends in the BVIs. Oh, okay. So I was the, I was the captain at that time. Yeah. So, and I know enough about reading charts and, you know, trip planning and, you know, and making sure everybody's safe and happy and not getting seasick and all that. So, yeah. So you know, the, I, actually in the sailing part went, went very well. And, um, I think I mentioned to you in an email that we had planned to get a 38 foot boat and, uh, somebody else had gotten that. So they set us up with a 45 foot boat. Um, I was, you know, mixed feelings. Oh, wow, this is awesome. Yes. <laughs> but oh, holy crap, this is a lot that this is a lot of boat. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, but the sailing part went, went well. Uh, for the first three days, something did not go well that I do want to share with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll chat time. about that. We'll chat about that. So I had a few more questions. I'm, I mean, I know that when I've gone on other people's boats, uh, you know, whether it be a three or four day passage, even a, just a day sail, my anxiety level is a lot lower than if it's on my boat or if I'm the captain and it's on a charter, right? It, it's just, maybe that's me, but mm-hmm. I get very much sort of uh, tied up and interested about, okay, where are we going next? What are we doing, right? And making sure everything's working, you know, checking the bilges all the time, kind of doing all those things that, well, I, I feel responsible, and, yes. and when I've been crew, uh, I've had a much more laissez-faire attitude and I, and I've just sort of, you know, looked around and sort of said, okay, let's not, let's make sure the person driving the boat, uh, doesn't do something that's going to get us in a big trouble. Right. So I, I've been sort yes. of like, you know, keep us out of trouble, but I haven't worried about the little things. Uh, do you find that same experience? Yes, and, and uh, for, for sure. And yeah, and there's a time when you're on, yeah. right? And and and, uh, and that's when you leave the leave the dock or leave the mooring ball to the time that the anchor is set or you pick up the mooring ball. Yeah. And so very much on, at, you know, during that time. And I followed your advice. I kept the sailing to for most of the days under four hours. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of days it was only three. Um, and then, you know, look forward to the time when, okay, I can relax, have my first rum drink, go for a swim and then, uh, you know, let my, let my hair down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think, I think that's a good observation because there are some places where you can charter a boat, uh, where you can do that, where, where you can sail 10 or 20 miles to the next port or the next mooring or anchorage and you're okay. There are other places where it's a lot further. And so you have a much longer day of sailing. So I think that's that's a critical sort of decision point in sort of thinking one of these trips through is are there sh- short hops that we can do so so that, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're doing fun stuff 
We're doing other things than just sailing all the time. And the BVI is one of those places. Yes, exactly. Yeah, this, uh, all the, well, the snorkeling was great. You know, sightseeing, walks on the beach. Now, because of COVID, we couldn't go to establishments. And, and a good many of the popular tourist mm. spots are still closed. Oh, wow. So you were, you were really on the boat, so to speak, for the most part. Um, yeah, rigid quarantine until um, it actually was the, the, the sixth day before we could uh, go get off the boat, other than go to a beach, Yes, uh, a secluded beach in a quarantined area. Yeah. Um, and, and go to an establishment, but actually it was okay. You know, we had brought some good books and we had good food and lots of, you know, again, lots of snorkeling and swimming and things like that. Yeah. So tell us a little bit, who did you charter with? What was the company's name? The, uh, we went with the moorings. Oh, okay, great. And, uh, how did they do a good job? Yeah. They did a t- terrific job. Very nice. That's good to hear. Um, it seems like they're probably only, you know, 25 of tw- at 25 percent capacity. So a lot of boats on other docks, you know, that were obviously not going in or out. Um, the day we got there, it, there were a lot of boats going out. I would say of that of the fleet of, you know, maybe they had uh, 40 boats going in and out. But I think maybe 10 boats went out that day. So a lot of people had the same idea yeah. <laughs> that we did. Um, so they were busy, but uh, you know, the, it's a class operation. The boat was great. Um, and was it a provisioning was great? Was you know, it... It, everything is on island. They call it island time. <laughs> so... <laughs> right. Uh, was it a monohull or a cat? Yeah, monohull. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, the, the little Beneteau forty-five. That's a very popular boat. Three cabins. Yeah. Three heads. Yeah. And uh, so was there sort of a, a briefing, like a typical charter, sort of a, a captain's briefing uh, be, before or a briefing they gave so, to you before you took <laughs> off? So, some of those things they've moved to online, like the, the traditional chart briefing is online. You watch that ahead of time. The safety briefing is ahead of time. Uh, the They still do the, the boat checkout you know, taking you through all the mechanicals on the boat and making sure everything's in place and working and, you know, with, with, with one of their staff. And there were a couple of things, little nit things that I found, um, you know, that they fixed within a half hour so we could be on our way. Yeah. And what type of credentials did they want from you to be able to order to charter the boat? Uh, Yeah. I just gave them uh, just a, a, a letter of what I'd, what I'd done. I had chartered with them with a captain um, maybe 15 years ago uh, on an even larger boat. So um, so you sent them I, your sailing uh, resume, basically. Yeah, basic sailing resume. And uh, I thought they might ask a question or two um, or say, you know, we just want to sail around the the bay there with you. But they did. They didn't. Yes. Yeah, I have. In I have, retrospect, I, I might if if I had to do it over again, I might have gone out with somebody for a couple hours anyway, just on a on a what I call a shakedown. Yeah, cruise with the boat because you know I didn't know the boat, <laughs> um, and I and I got to know the boat, but uh, I think I would have had a better time earlier if I had gone out with somebody that uh, you know could address some of the things I found. You know, yeah, that's a good so, that's a good observation because. You know, it, I find it much easier to hop hop into one car brand versus another car brand because, you know, the turn signals are all about at the same place. The steering wheel's in the same place. The, you know, 
But on boats, but, it's but not, not quite the wipers. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> and they don't. <laughs> yeah, the wipers yeah. not right. The wipers and turning on the headlights always gets me, um, and sometimes turning off the emergency brake. But in a boat, I th- I find there's the differences are larger, right? So when you go on a new boat, there is this there is this sort of challenge of sort of, you know, even sometimes the battery switch, right? Where's this? Where's the switch to switch from battery A to battery B, or or you know how to turn on the chart plotter, where the master switch is, where the circuit yep. breaker panel is, right? All those things are different on different boats, and and I, I think your notion of you know going out with a with a a captain for even if just for two or three hours is really a good a good recommendation to to again bring that anxiety level down to get your comfort up with the particular vessel you're on. Yes, because even though he, the 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 gentleman that checked us out was was terrific and very thorough, um, <laughs> I you know the like the the chart plotter, you know, um, I never got the, you know to really master everything he showed me. Yeah, on that sure. Yeah. Yeah, they're all there. I, I remember we chartered on Lake Champlain once. Uh, well, actually, numerous times. But one of the times we chartered on Lake Champlain, um, we we didn't go. Over, we didn't even turn on the chart plotter. Right? It was one I was familiar with. I said fine, and so the, the we got the briefing. I think we slept on the boat that night, right at the marina. The next morning, we get up. I turn on the chart plotter, and everything's in French. <laughs> <laughs> And I go, oh, now, now what? <laughs> right. So, so I had to call up the company and say, oh yeah, yeah. There's a language, you know, someplace in the menus, deep down in the menus, there's a place where you can pick your language. And, um, but you know, that would have been something that we would have caught certainly if we had gone out or at least spent a little bit more time. Sure. And, and sometimes, you know, as you're saying, uh, the place may be busy and they have, one person has two or three briefings to do and they're hustling you along. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So, uh, in your email to me, you said the first couple of days were a bit of a challenge. So take, take me through there. Yeah. So again, we, we we spent the first night on the boat you know, at, at the Marina. And so we got a uh, early start and that was great. And, uh, of course I'm gung ho and, uh, I, you know, host, hoist all the sails, <laughs> looking at what the wind is in the harbor, not out in the right. sea. So we had a nice adventuresome sail, and I decided, of course, to go, you know, on the outside of the islands, you know, the outside of the Sir Francis Drake channel. channel. So, the, you know, the seas are a little, you know, a little bigger, but it went well. So you dove in head first on the first morning. Dove in head first. And uh, so I might not do that again. I might have stayed in the channel where the swells are a little, little smaller and, and the like. But, but we had a great sail. Uh, the first, and I should preface this by describing uh, as part of the COVID protocol, there are 14 anchorages identified by the BBIs of, of where you can uh, stay until you clear quarantine on day five. So 14, and that really, uh, some of them are real close together, so it's really like 10. And um, they're, they're not the best. <laughs> they're, they're not near any establishments, of course. Probably by design, yeah. Um, and, and you have to fly, the, uh, you have a, a transponder with you, so they're tracking your location, as well as you have your quarantine flag, a, a yellow flag that I have proudly <laughs> in my office here now. 
So, uh, you know, a lot of those boats are also, you know, going to those same first anchorages, particularly the day zero anchorage, which, which are special anchorages. So we got there, we dropped our hook, everything was fine. Uh, I sort of made sure it was out of the west, the, the, the prevailing wind, you know, using, you know, anchoring 101. Yep. But what I did not count on or expect was the southerly swells. And so the, and then the wind picks up at night sometimes this time of year. So the wind was coming over the top of the hills. This was on, Pe on Peter Island, and a beautiful anchorage. Um, but wind swirling around and the swells were pretty significant. The sun goes down and then the sensory perception picks in where you have the boat swirling, the boat's rocking, we're a little tired. Um, you have the halyards clanking on the mast and the, and the stand-up paddleboard going thump, thump every time you go over a swell. <laughs> yeah, a little sensory overload. Yeah, so suffice to say, the first few nights we didn't sleep well. Yeah. You're worried about the anchor dragging. And, yeah. um, and so that, you know, the, it was fine the second day, but after a couple nights of not sleeping well, we were a little fatigued. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the, you know, and, but the third, you know, the, the fourth night, we found the perfect anchorage, protected from swells, protected from the wind, a mooring ball, and we slept really well. And for the rest of the vacation, it was, it was, it was night and day. Yeah. So are there, are there options down at the BVI where you can go, you can hop from marina to marina, or you can, you know, make a reservation for a morning ball? Um, you could make reservations for mooring balls. You didn't need to. Got it. <laughs> right around now, they are a plenty. Yes. Um, and I, you could go back into the moorings marina to stay if you want. And and we talked about that, but it wasn't that bad. Understand? Yeah. So the, um, there's there's not like a string of marinas on each island that you could kind of marina right. hop. Well, correct. And, and until you clear COVID, you can't go into those areas. Got it. Got it. So again, you're, it. You're, you're, these are small little anchorage areas that are identified on the map and you can read about them, but they're not big. Yes. And again, they were not the secluded ones. Like the, the if, for example, if you know the bite on Norman Island, which is a beautiful bay secluded from swells and wind and restaurants. I mean, that's where we spent our last night mm -hmm. and got, you know, went to shore for a nice, nice meal. And, um, you know, again, lots of mooring balls, but we couldn't avail ourselves of that got until it. we had cleared COVID. Got it. Yeah. I, that first night on the boat and, and how well you sleep, I think, uh, ha has a multiple day impact that, yes. uh, that follows. Right. Clearly. Right. Yeah. So, again, the first few days are a little tough. And then, again, when you're tired and then you go hoist all the sails and go <laughs> sailing aggressively like I did, you know, uh, it, yeah, I, I did too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how, how did you find cooking on the boat? How did that experience go was, go for you guys? Uh, it, it, we're, we like to cook. And uh, so we've done a fair amount of planning with with some of your advice as well about you know, one one pot meals. Mm -hmm. 
And again, the provisioning was terrific and the freezer on the boat worked great. So we had a lot of shrimp and rice and beans. And uh, you know, so, got, so the moorings did the provisioning for you. They did most of the provisioning. Um, there is also an organic farm on the island of Tortola. And we ordered a mid-size provisioning box from them, which came with different fruits and vegetables uh, and greens that lasted the entire week. And it was uh, a godsend and really helped us cooking. We had spinach and arugula and limes and plantains and baby eggplants and on and on and on. And uh, it was a delight to be able to reach into that box and use high quality fresh food. Right. And it's funny, and I actually I had to call them to give them my credit card to settle up and they got into a conversation with the owner and um, you know, they gave me great ideas. You know, so how, how do you cook plantains again? <laughs> you know, and, and you know, gave it me, uh, spent a, a lot of time with me you know, going through some uh, you know, ideas and menu planning of how to use the yeah. baby eggplants and things like that. Oh, very nice. I know all of the times that I've chartered, uh, I've always done my own provisioning. Um, I don't, I don't know why, but it's like you know, the first night you're there, we go to the grocery store and you know, we we buy all this food and find that half of it's left over at the end of the charter because we want way too much of one thing but not enough of the other. But I guess with the quarantine, that was a little more of a challenge for you guys to be able to do that. Yeah, so we did, did do a, a lot more pre-planning. Yeah, and. Uh, we, when we came back in for our day four test, we got another bag of ice and um, another bottle of wine and um, another stick of butter and a couple. But we actually had planned very well. And uh, in the you know the last breakfast, it was the last couple drops of milk on the granola. Yes. And uh, so it, yeah, it worked out really well. And we enjoyed cooking on the boat. It was you know the, the grill off the off the stern is terrific and. Um, yeah, it worked out real well. Yeah, that's excellent. That's excellent. Now, uh, you're talking about doing it again. It's, that was the last sentence of your email to me that uh, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're planning our next charter. And uh, do you have a special place you're thinking of going to? Well, I think we're going to stay a little closer to home, meaning uh, we're thinking of St. Petersburg, Florida. Mm, I've been there. I've my, chartered my... out of there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I've got to talk to you about that. My daughter, husband, and my new granddaughter live in Tampa. So we were thinking it would be a great way to see them, and maybe I also get a little help for the first day, first couple of days sailing. Sure. And uh, so that's that's what we're thinking of. Yeah, we did a we did a week charter. Uh, my son, uh, his wife, and and myself, we did a, a week long charter out of St. Pete. Flew into Tampa. It was, that was really easy. A short drive to the marina, and. Um, we chartered out of there and, and sailed around the bay and then went out into the Gulf a couple of times and came back in. Uh, a lot of marinas there that you can stay at, you know. Uh, anchorages uh, were a little a little more sparse uh, from the point of view of, at least we didn't find any, and, and not that we looked all that hard. Uh, I find that when we go out, I, I like staying at marinas. I can get off the boat. And, and here was a situation where my son was a sailor. Uh, but his 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 wife was not, so this was kind of her very first sailing, you know, charter experience, if you will, with her father-in-law <laughs> and her husband, and and uh, 
So we wanted to make sure we kind of got off the boat every day. We were able to walk around town a little bit. And of course, this was a number of years ago, pre-COVID. So um, <clears throat> those St. I think you'll enjoy. You'll enjoy uh, Tampa Bay and, and St. Pete and stuff. Great. Yeah, I, I really want to try to get to Sanibel and Captiva. Did you get that far south? No, we, di we did not. We did not. We, we actually had, uh, uh, we were, went out into the uh, Gulf for a day and we were heading back uh, to one of the marinas on the ICW. So not all the way into St. Pete, but, you know, right on the coast there. And uh, the wind died down and the engine wouldn't start. So I got, we got our first CETO experience, <laughs> right? Cause they had the Marina, the charter company had CETO and we called them up and, yep. you know, we had a good two hour tow back to the Marina and they gave us a different boat, a bigger boat, sort of like you. And, you know, so it all worked out, but, uh, that, that sort of did, uh, cut into our ability to go mm. further away because we sort of lost though day and a half, if you will, by the time we turned all that stuff around. Yeah. yeah. One thing, talking about getting to know a boat and, and those little issues of like the engine not starting or. The, yes. Uh, I did find I spent a lot of time with the manual or the vessel while on the boat. Mm. I don't know if I could have done that ahead of time. Um, it might have been wise. Just little, well, all of the systems on the boat. You know? Yeah. <laughs> There's so many alarms on these things too. You know, there's alarms going off for some reason, or there's a, you know, a beep or a light on, and and you gotta, you gotta address it. Right. Right. Yeah, I think that that's one of the things that, you know, for all sailors and 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 even experienced ones, uh, that's a challenge, right? Yeah. You're right. These alarms go off now. You know. And I'll tell you, one time we were, we were coming back from Florida. I was helping a friend bring a boat back from Florida, from, from uh, Miami area up to Annapolis. And uh, it, it was at night and there was no wind. So we were running the engine and um, the, the owner of the boat, you know, I was, you know, I was, like I said, pretty relaxed. Every couple hours, the owner would go down and check the bilge just out of a habit. And he goes down there and he comes up and he's white <laughs> and he was a very inexperienced sailor. And I was sort of the, the experienced person on this boat. And, and he said to me, the bilge is full of water. <laughs> and I said, Oh my gosh, you know, so dove down there. And you know, the first thing you do is I stick my finger in the water and then I stick it in my mouth. Is it fresh water or is it salt water? <laughs> and it was, it was fresh water. So, okay, good. So at least it's not coming in from the outside. But it probably took us a good two hours to figure out what had happened. And because the engine was running, we didn't hear the bilge pump running uh, and the water pump. And we, we, we had left the water pump on, you know, to pressurize the water system. Mm -hmm. And a hose blew off. And so the, the water pump just pumped all the water from the tank into the bilge. <laughs> And, and the prime, the, the small bilge pump that's at the bottom of the bilge didn't turn on for some reason. And only the big one turned on, which is, you know, that's sort of on this boat was a foot and a half of water in the bilge before the, the big pump turned on. So, um, the point being is that each of these boats are different and the sounds are different and, and it's, I think chartering is a challenge from that perspective. 
Yes, and as as I look back when I chartered a few decades ago, yeah, the boat was vastly more complicated. Yes, that's right. They have, more got, they have gotten more complicated. That's right. That's right. Very good. So, uh, what were the uh, what were the lessons that you learned? I mean, if someone is listening to this podcast and and they're saying, "Hey, this is great," you know, I'm I'm trying to I'm struggling with the same thing. How can I get my partner, my spouse, my girlfriend? boyfriend, whatever, to go on one of these trips. What what sort of advice would, would you give them, Carter? Well, like we covered before, make sure you have help or go out with a skipper for a half a day. Um, the other is just, you'll laugh, but you know, set the sails for the wind you're going to have, not the wind you have Yes. <laughs> when you set the sails, especially if you're, you know, two people on the boat. Because yeah, when you're out there and the wind's blowing, you don't want to be adjusting sails if you don't have to. Right. I mean, if you have to, you have to. But it's not something where um, the the captain wants to be running around on the foredeck, you know, while uh, the mate is yes. <laughs> steer, you know steering the boat. You right. know, you want if that has to happen, that's okay. But you don't want to do that um, right. a lot. And the sails are much much more challenging to. Uh, bring in and reef when the wind is howling. Yes. Right. You do it, you do it, you know, in a five mile an hour breeze to practice and Hey, this is easy. <laughs> the boat's yeah. not moving. And if someone's not familiar with sailing in that type of situation, right. you know, nothing uh, can raise the anxiety level than the, than the sheets whipping around and all the noise and the hubbub yeah. <laughs> of it. Um, another thing um, is, piece of advice is not to bring up the idea of practicing a man overboard drill when the wind is blowing. As <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did with my wife and it, it didn't go over real well. Yeah. Practice <laughs> that in that the harbor. After a couple nights of not sleeping, but, yeah. uh, but in all seriousness, we should have gone over that um, because every boat's different, you know, where the safety equipment is and, and, the, and the steps to take, we should have gone over that, uh, before we left the dock. Yeah. And we didn't, and that was a mistake. And so I did think of it as I was running around the boat while it's on autopilot. If I fell overboard, Gary needs to know what to do. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't the right time to bring it up. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Did, did the boat come with, uh, harnesses and, uh, jack lines? No. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've never seen a charter boat that comes with those. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you, I've, I have them on my boat and mm -hmm. I routinely put them out. Uh, yeah. even if we're just going for a, a sail that looks like a calm sail, <laughs> Yeah. you know, cause sometimes you're just two of you on the boat. Right. And, well, and there was, and we were, you know, sometimes we went outside the channel, yeah. um, just that was part of the the trip planning, and uh, you know it was great sailing, but yeah, it's a little bit more more serious stuff when you're out there. Yeah, well, even even in a three or foot three or four foot swell, you can disappear pretty quick. You could be floating; your life jacket can be floating you, but you know you don't stick out of the water that far. Yeah, uh, and 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 you know even I'm who I'm relatively comfortable turning the boat around and knowing what to do and go back. It's still pretty high anxiety times if that happens to somebody yes and for a good part of several of the days we didn't see many boats out mm, right oh so, i mean it, it would have been 
you know, figuring out what you, <laughs> how to address the situation, maybe getting making a radio call and, uh, yeah. there's no, nobody around to help. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, what, what things, uh, so if, if, if I got, if I got your wife on here and, and I said, so, you know, what were the things that went well? What do you think her response to that would be? I think, you know, once we got the mooring plan down, yes, um, that went real, real well. So probably should have talked to some folks at the, um, you know, at the moorings before I set out, you know, I had, you know, I've been, I've been there. I know all these islands. I had my, my, my book and my maps and yeah. a plan, but it wasn't the right plan. Mm. So well, when you say mooring plan, you mean instead of anchoring, uh, picking up a mooring ball? Yes. Yeah. That just, um, took a lot of stress out of it, out of the equation. Yes. Um, it was just, you know, one, one less thing to worry about. And it felt good. Yes. <laughs> Rather than me, you know, saying, okay, why is he swimming out to the end and checking the the anchor? Why right. would he have to, why does, <laughs> why do you have to do that? Right. <laughs> so it, if it, and here is a funny, uh, not, well, an interesting story. At one of the anchorage, uh, the second night, we dropped the hook and uh, at night on a perfect sand bottom, except I picked up a little piece of probably an old coral on the hook and I went out in the morning and we had dragged like 10 feet until I got caught on something else. Yes. Didn't know it, but it was, Oh wow. I should have swam this yesterday. Yeah. And Bill, this, this is an interesting story. So I'm swimming out there in the morning, just check, you know, checking it. And, um, I want to know exactly where it is. So as, as I pull the anchor up, I want to make sure I'm not going to be too close to another boat. And if I was, I'd alert them. And I'm looking down at our anchor. This is probably in maybe 14 feet of water. And next to the anchor is a very good size turtle, probably 32 inches, the shell 32 inches wow. long, plus the fin and the head. And the, the small line that's attached to the anchor that you tie to the davit to keep the anchor from whipping around was around the turtle's neck. Oh, gosh. So I'm thinking uh, you know, that now I've got to go back to the, the boat and tell Carrie that we have to call the park service to go have the turtle rescued. <laughs> they're probably going to give me a ticket for put, picking up a, a piece of coral with my anchor to boot. So uh, it, it was just terrible. But then all of a sudden the turtle flapped its fins and swam away. Yeah. <laughs> and the mooring ball came, the mooring, the anchor came up great and uh, we, we were on our way. Yeah. So what was potentially a really bad morning turned out to be a yeah. okay experience. And I got to see a really nice turtle. <laughs> yeah, that's a good story. You know, I, when I anchor, I always have at least a minimum, at least some level of anchor anxiety, as I like to call it. <laughs> it's just something about a mooring ball just feels so much more secure. Uh, but an anchor, there's there's always, you know, I set an anchor alarm. I do all that kind of stuff. And, you know, then, of course, when the anchor alarm goes off at night, then what do you do? <laughs> you know, that's like... <laughs> It's like the CO2 detector in your house going off at two in the morning. <laughs> you know, oh my gosh, what do I do now? Uh, well, you, you don't have to worry about the spacing between the boats. Right. And then if somebody comes in after you and. Right. Uh, yeah. 
That's a uh... too close. So that would have been the, the the thing that Carrie said. Yeah, Carter, why didn't we do this morning ball thing? Yeah, the first couple nights. Um, that's good advice. Yeah, that's good advice. Uh, what else and, would she uh, say? We we also started sailing earlier in the day mm-hmm. uh, when the we, we, it just it was a little cooler. The wind was a little calmer, and uh, then we'd have the afternoon to play. So that was another thing we started doing uh, early on. We'd we sort of skip breakfast, or um, you know just have just make coffee at six a.m. Yep. and by seven we were underway. Yeah. And we had a, those are some of the, the nicest days of sailing for us. Yeah. Cause the wind's the not wind. blowing as hard, right? Cause it builds as the day progresses typically. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Um, yeah, we did really good you know, planning for, you know, we got, we each got sunburned on our back while snorkeling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, rookie maneuver. <laughs> uh, yeah. Other than that, you know, we took, took good care of ourselves and sunscreen and yeah. And the like. Well, great. Sounds like it was a really good trip, Carter. Yeah, it was terrific. Yeah, terrific. well, I'm, I'm a little so... bit of adventure and a little bit of vacation. Well, yeah, we didn't sit around a lot. I mean, yeah, uh... I'm, I'm so, I'm so happy to hear that. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that it, that it worked out well, and uh, you had a great trip. I really thank you for, for being a guest on the show and sort of follow up to your email to us originally, and, and we addressed it back in episode twenty two. So, uh, yeah, I hope. Thanks, and uh, yeah, love your podcast. Um... Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, th- uh, this episode will probably come out in the next several days, actually. Uh, so I'll, I'll make sure I let you know when it comes out. And uh, I hope uh, maybe we can uh, sail together sometime this summer on Narragansett Bay. Okay, that'd be great. Thank you so much. All right, take care, Carter. Bye-bye. I hope you all enjoyed the interview with Carter. It was great to hear they had a successful charter. So listeners, thank you for joining us for another great episode. We hope you found this episode interesting and thought-provoking. If you have questions about what we discussed, please get in touch with us. Our email is sailingtheeast at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, let us know, and better yet, tell a friend. So until next time, signing off from upstate New York, fair winds and calm seas. Thank you.